Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. The NBA, I saw yesterday, are looking at a December 22nd start date, and that's moved up from what they were previously expecting because the league says they'll lose $500 million if they wait until mid-January, and instead, now they're looking at obviously going December 22nd to not lose out on that money. Joey, what are you hearing on the NHL start date, and do you think that the NBA returning so soon has any impact whatsoever on the NHL? I think so. Yeah, I definitely think it's. I think I think it um, is a date and a time that uh, the NHL has to look at uh, deeply. I think uh, both commissioners, both sides, come together. How are you making this work? How are you making it work in December with everything going on? What are you waiting for? Asking these kind of questions to see how you know the both leagues can kind of coincide and get together and and kind of mimic each other. I mean, it's a copycat situation in my in my opinion. You looked at what one team did soccer and then. Uh, in the summer, and then the NHL picked up on that with the bubble. The MLB learned a lot from the NHL. Now the NHL is going to return and learn a lot from the NBA if this can, can work out starting in December. So I like the idea of, of getting something moved up. December seems very close to me. It seems very soon to me for the NHL. It's just, I don't know why. I mean, we're already basically in November. This, we're talking like a month away before game starting, which is going to be about another two to three weeks before camp opens up. And with no announcement right now, I, I found it very hard to believe. I still think something a target date around February is realistic, but you know, you know, Alex and I we're going to we're going to discuss this tonight in our show uh, on 101 ESPN this week in hockey. Little shout out, and um, but to briefly briefly discuss it, it's something I've kind of talked about with some of the players uh, recently, um, and it kind of goes along with the theory, or I guess this new news about the owners coming out and saying that it's possible to not have a season at all. And that sounds really scary. Why would they say that? They're going to lose a ton of money. Well, I think they're going to lose a ton of money either way. And in the real hiccup here and the real asterisk to keep an eye on moving forward here is I, I don't believe that the owners owe the players any money if the season's canceled. Now, i got to verify that. But like a lockout, when, when the year was locked out, the players were not paid. So this would be the same situation, I believe, during the pandemic. If they decide to not play, the owners would be off the books from owing all these players all these millions of dollars. Yes, they're going to lose money, but, but even if you have fans in the building and you're playing hockey, you're still losing a boatload of money anyway. So if they, the owners are going to kind of look at it and kind of weigh their options, but it's something to really keep an eye on here as we move forward because, as we all know, the NHL is not making a ton of money through TV deals. It is so generated through uh, t- ticket revenue and people coming into these buildings. Joey, how does that affect the fan base then? Like, let's go down the hypothetical road that the NHL owners just say, you know what, it's better off if we don't play this season and we'll look to shoot for the next year to start when Seattle comes into the league. And, of course, then you got more hype for it. But much like a lockout, fans looked at that as it was just greedy from both sides. 
wouldn't the fans look at it as greed from the owner's side and kind of get upset and stay away from the NHL? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think it would be a, be a black eye uh, for the owners in, in a big way. I mean, very similar to what happened in 04 when they lost the entire year. Remember back in that lockout, we lost a lot of fans. We lost a lot of fans that some didn't even come back. But the ones that did come back, sometimes it took them five to ten years yeah. before they eventually recovered and recouped from, from their disappointment of losing a whole year during a lockout. So I think the NHL would look at that a lot uh, in the same way. But I think even more so, they would do it. Uh, it would be more of a bad bad taste in their mouth for the fans because other leagues and other organizations are moving forward with some sort of plan. So I think that even look worse. I mean, guys, picture it. We're in January and February. We're watching uh, the Clippers and the and the Sixers or something, right? And all this basketball is being played. And meanwhile, hockey just had a complete standstill and nothing's going on. I think it'd be a very, very uh, sad situation. I really hope it never comes to that. Uh, but from an ownership and a dollar standpoint, it could end up making sense. So we're just have to kind of keep an eye on it and uh, hope for the best moving forward because, man, I can't imagine going another X amount of months without hockey because that would just be too much. How much does the the new team, the expansion fee, play into this, Joe? Because I don't know how this works, and I don't know if you do either, and I apologize if I'm putting you in a bad spot here, but do the players get a share of the expansion fees, or is that exclusively distributed among the owners? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know, BK. But um, I know that I think Alex was like $300 million coming to the something around that mark, right? Yeah. I, I believe that's what Seattle paid to come into the league was or $300 million because, if I'm not mistaken, Vegas paid 150 to get into the league, and then it w- went up a little bit. Yeah, so I don't know how that's divvied up. And um, and how that's really going to be affecting things uh, moving forward. Six hundred and fifty million dollars. Oh, so it's six fifty. So <laughs> Vegas was three hundred and fifty. Yikes! Okay, there you go. So six hundred. So that's a lot of coin. That's a lot of money at least generating coming in. If anything, I, how does that have an effect on this year? I think it has an effect on this year because at least owners know that some money is will be coming in coming you know October, November, whenever we start the next year. So uh, while they're taking the beatings right now. Uh, hopefully that with that idea that this, this number lingering out in the future will be coming in as Seattle enters the league. Hopefully that's enough where they can absorb a lot of hits uh, throughout the next six, seven, eight, nine months, knowing that, that that kind of revenue will be will be eventually coming their way and in their pockets soon. All right, Joe, since we're talking about finances, let's talk about an article that came out in The Athletic. I believe it was yesterday. Basically, it was a piece talking about the top 10 worst contracts Oof. in the NHL for the upcoming season. And uh, and Justin Falk landed on that list. I believe he was seventh on that list. Um, your thoughts on that? And Because, honestly, Joe, I don't agree with that. I think there are a lot worse contracts out there than Justin Falk's. But I can see where they're coming from on that. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think you can see... I think from an outside perspective, definitely you can see where you can see where it's, it's a lot of money. You know, I think we, when Justin Falk, uh, when you look at the number, what he's just making next year, uh, I know I know that over annually it's it's spread out, but next year, for example, he's making I think nine million bucks. So nine million bucks, it's a lot, right? I think Sidney Crosby's making eight point seven. You know, Ryan O'Reilly's at seven point five. Okay, so you have a player like Ryan O'Reilly caliber, and then you have another player in the same locker room, not quite there, but making a million and a half more. Yeah, there's there's definitely some differences there, right? Um, and again, that's just next year. So he's not making nine million for the next X amount of years. But I think when you put it like that on a platform year by year, it kind of jumps out at people and like, whoa, that's a lot of money. Uh, is he overpaid? You know, I don't know. Uh, we're going to find out. We're going to find out probably in the next couple of years. I think it's way too early to tell. You know, this first year, I, again, I keep going back to this. Uh, a player that's been playing the same organization his whole career. He really found a groove there. He's a top top minute guy. He's a top line guy. He's a top power play guy. 
and then he's thrown into this incredible team with like incredible different structure and, and culture, and then he's asked to play bottom bottom two minutes. Um, you know, coming in from a Stanley, to a Stanley Cup championship team. I mean, guys, I was at, I was in Washington D.C. last year. The whole all the whole Blues team hopped on a bus to go to the White House to meet the president, and you know, Justin Falk's in his room. He didn't go for obvious reasons, but I mean, little things like that. I mean, this is a human being we're talking about here. He's got emotions. He's got feelings. There was an adjustment for him, uh, like like anyone else. Uh, he never really could get ahead of it. But I do believe he, with his kind of his veteran kind of grizzliness, I would say, uh, being around this league a long time, being this sport a long time, he knows what's at stake. He knows what he's got to prove now this year. To me, this is the biggest player, the biggest, most important player for the St. Louis Blues coming up this season. So is he overpaid? We don't know just yet. I think you got to give another couple of years to kind of really decide uh, based off how he performs. Cause I've seen Justin Falk play really well. I've seen Justin Falk take over games. I've been a part of games when Justin Falk has literally taken over a game. And then that, and that those nights guys, I would pay him $10 million. So <laughs> to me, to me, it really is up in the year. And really is all how Joe, final question for you. If you're a player right now, and I'm sure you've talked to some of them, how difficult is it to prepare for a season that you don't know when it begins? It's brutal, man. It is so brutal because we like date, like everybody, but, but hockey players, we thrive on dates. We thrive on schedules. I mean, you show up at main camp uh, when camp opens up, they give you a book of your itinerary. They lay out every workout, every practice, every game, every meeting to the minute, to the T that that's how we function. That's how we operate. So everything, everything is, is based off of time. Everything is based off of the schedule. So for these players right now, I mean, and it's like most people, we're not like crazy different than a lot of people, but I think it just amplifies with these athletes. Uh, they're struggling. I mean, it's hard. It's hard coming to the rink. How hard do you push? Do I get therapy? Do I, do I push my legs hard? Do I, do I push my body like it's, you know, uh, hockey's three months away. Do I push it like it's a few weeks away? Because we don't know. Maybe it happens in some time in December. We're, <laughs> I'm not throwing it out the window. So it, it's very difficult. You know, the fortunate thing is every player is going through it um, to the same degree right now. So they all are in it together. But I know a lot of Blues players are here. They're, they're in St. Louis. Uh, surprisingly, not a lot of them are back home in Europe or back home in Canada. They are here in St. Louis. And I know that a lot of them are just they're chopping the bits. They at least have some sort of schedule, some sort of date where they can kind of play off of and say, hey, this is going to be the time they're going to go back. Because once you see that, then they're really going to ramp it up. But, yeah, I feel for that, man. It's going to be tough, but hopefully in the near future we'll have a date in mind. He's Joey Vitale, 101 ESPN Blues analyst. Always appreciate him joining us here on the on the show. Joe, always appreciate the time, man. All the best to you and the fam. We'll talk with you again next week. Thanks, BK. Thanks, Al. You guys have a great weekend.